Welcome back to Restless. I'm Father Joseph Gill, along with Lauren, Diane, and Javier, as together we young adults try to navigate this crazy mixed-up world with our faith as our guide. And this is the last time that we'll be having Javier, Diane, and Lauren all together because Javier is moving to Texas in uh, what, four days? On Friday, on, yes, on in Friday. Four days. So four days from now, he's moving to Texas. We're going to miss him greatly. And so we figured for his last episode, we're going to talk about transitions and changes in our life because that can be hard it can also be a great blessing it can be doors of opportunity but also a great sadness because any transition means leaving behind what's comfortable and familiar do you personally like change in your life well i can say f- for myself i think i have a good disposition when it comes to change i'm not uh easily overwhelmed or i don't really become anxious i guess so i can handle it well and uh, the other thing i've recognized too i think in most of the big changes in my life um they were made because of me like i chose to make the changes right Mm. which i think is different than if a change is put on you right you know that that could obviously be harder to handle and more difficult to adjust to that's certainly true yeah yeah what about you, Diane? Um, for me, change is difficult because I'm very much a routine person. Like I do the same things, I eat the same things every day. Um, so, but it's it's something that like I used to be really bad at change because I just liked the way things were and the predictability, and that gave me a sense of peace. But now I've been working on sort of my just wanting to give up that control, and so I think that changes have become easier that's good more recently yes that's a gift what about you Javier I'm like Diane I'm a routine person I do the same things Monday I have my thing that I do Tuesday I have my thing that I do Wednesday I have my thing that I do most of the day pretty much looks the same the only thing that looks different is the the night time it's I'm either doing a podcast or I'm doing I'm ministering kids on Tuesday or Wednesday night I have uh, a sing at a traditional choir uh, then I go to mass with a mainly a group of men <laughs> um, up in Georgetown and then Thursday nights I'm free and then Friday nights I have another Bible study uh, but it's the same thing every single week and then I wake up in the morning I go to the gym I go to I go to work and then I do the same things every night but I am easy to adapt to change I can see that in me for sure I don't necessarily welcome it but when it does happen I don't think it's something that's that's like doesn't traumatize me by any means it's just like okay well now we just got to do things this way so what's been the biggest change you've ever had to make in your life maybe the most earth-shattering for you well i have one i've talked about this before i didn't make it but my first acl injury Mm. that was a total change for me because it was my last summer after college and it was the first summer that i stayed in columbus so i had a lot of excitement to finally be there for a summer and i was playing ultimate probably five nights a week with all my friends and we were hanging out all the time. It was great. And then I went from couldn't walk, you know, and uh, in a lot of pain and on crutches. And then I was just alone in my apartment all day. I had two roommates and they were never there. Um, So it was lonely and sad and a total shift from what I had just been experiencing, you know, like the week before and that it happened uh, July 5th and I was staying there till September 1st. 
So I just had a couple months of, you know, loneliness and I went to physical therapy, but I really wasn't doing anything. So mm. that was my probably biggest change that really just like uprooted what I had been doing and it was traumatic. It was difficult, but sure. You get through it. You went home, got the surgery, you know, did the PT. Yeah. Started working. That's one of those changes you didn't expect and didn't right. welcome. <laughs> yeah. And then I tore the other one the following year. So it was like, wow, Bummer. really? Yeah. <laughs> I got to go through this whole thing again. So yeah, you know, sometimes things happen that you're not expecting and you have to just do the best you can sure. with them. Right. For me, my hardest change was exactly something similar, not a physical thing. But uh, when I was, I went to my first year of seminary in Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, Maryland, which is about 45 minutes from where I grew up. So my family was nearby, made some phenomenal friends, absolutely loved, just invested in that community. And then it was Holy Thursday that year when the bishop called me in and said, you know, we had changed our minds. We want you to go to Rome instead. And I was like, wait, what? And I had and everyone around me was like, congratulations, that's great, that's wonderful. I'm like, no, it's really not. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to learn an entirely new language and take classes, graduate level classes in a language I didn't speak, you know, living in a country that I didn't know anything about in, in Rome. And yeah, Rome's a great place to visit, but it's, you know, it's a city. And it was, it was hard. It was really hard to accept God's will there. And uh, I was actually supposed to stay for three years. I only stayed for one year because I just couldn't do the change. It was too much transition for me. But that certainly formed you, right? Oh, looking back, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. And I think everyone, every seminarian should do that before they become a priest to spend a year in Rome. I learned a lot about the church, learned about, a lot about myself, traveled to some really cool places, but it was tough because I, it wasn't a change that I wanted right. or welcomed in my life. For me, it was probably just, I mean, after I graduated from college, I... I knew that I had an internship with PwC the summer before and I got a full-time offer so going into my senior year I knew that I was had a job after college and then I had uh, the summer and the fall to study for the CPA exam and I basically had to pass each of those sections because I knew that if I didn't pass one then I'd be doing it in like busy season which I mean as soon as I started at work it was I mean that was my biggest transition um, because you know, you go from college, which is kind of like fake life. And um, <laughs> even though studying for the CPA was hard, I like, I mean, I enjoy sort of studying and learning. So it wasn't that difficult for me. Going to work, though, it was like, I mean, the first week it was right in busy season, like staying up until, you know, at the client until 2 a.m. And, you know, getting used to working with all these people I didn't know and commuting to clients far away and just navigating sort of like trying to understand the client's businesses and, and everything. It was just so much pressure. So that was really difficult. And I mean, I kind of felt a little lost until, I mean, I got got to know some awesome people. And now I still work at PwC and it's such a blessing. Everything that I've learned but at the beginning, it was really scary. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I just, it was the unknown. But I look back and I'm so grateful for all of those experiences because they do really make you grow. When you're uncomfortable, at least for me, they it really just challenges you to kind of, you know, come out of your shell and build sort of the, the things that you need to and work on in your personality. Sure. Javier, what's been your toughest uh, change or transition? Uh, that's hard to say for me. I've been through a fair share of, injuries and stuff probably the worst one I had is I caught part of my Achilles tendon when I was nine years old and that was pretty tough because I was told that uh, they weren't sure if I was going to be able to walk without a limp uh, for the rest of my life or play sports and 
at the time I was uh, I was swimming at the national level in Venezuela and so I was training like seven hours a day going to national competitions and stuff and uh, I literally couldn't put my foot in the water uh, for months and stuff and then having to come back from that but the thing about it is like when you're a kid it's just seems kind of seamless I mean like I have flashbacks of like physical therapy and the things that I saw and the people that I saw in there and stuff because I was in like pretty intense physical therapy not 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 like when I tore my ACL which was like a couple people old ladies and stuff trying to move their arms and stuff <laughs> this was like intense this was people that lost a leg and stuff and or like people that were recovering from like being burnt or something and uh, I had to see all that as a kid but it's just flashes so I would say the most difficult one is this season that we're in right now uh, the season with covid i'm a very social person and to me it's super tough to be around people especially people that i know and love and stuff and people that are paranoid about everything that's going on and not being able to socialize with them or hug them or or you know just be the same way that we were before and having mm-hmm. to adapt to all this or having to work from home when my job is kind of difficult to do from home I mean, it's already tough to, like, find the motivation to do it when you're in the office because it's very repetitive. Then when you're at home, it's so much harder. It's how do you find that motivation and stuff. And so this this season has been, I think, difficult for me. I mean, I, I don't always show it and stuff, but I'm such a social person and I'm, I'm so amicable and I'm so, I like to be so close to people that whenever I have to, like, take a step back because someone just wants to, like, elbow bump or something like that or they just you invite them over and they don't want to come over because they're scared of the virus or something or now you got to adapt and work from home it's like all of those things combined start taking a toll on you and then when we went into quarantine not being able to go to mass and stuff not being able to, to receive for for so long when i was outside the catholic church for so long and then i'm finally coming back and then it's like oh i, <laughs> I want to go to mass every day i want to receive him every day and then all of a sudden it's like i remember that that mass that we went to in the morning at saint john's i'll never forget it just receiving for the last time because that was the last mass and tears just flowing down my face because i just knew that i wasn't going to be able to receive him and it 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 was okay later on you know doing spiritual communion and whatnot but it's just been a long season i think it's um and it hasn't ended and it doesn't seem like it's gonna end anytime soon that's true yeah the whole world has been in transition yeah, and adapting. It, and we're we're blessed that we have the Lord and stuff, and He's. Man, if I didn't have God, it's, it's just what we've been talking about in, in so many episodes. I mean, if we didn't have God, and we we, we just didn't, wouldn't even know how we how we could do it. But even so, we're still human beings, and, and things get to us. And so, yeah, yeah. So, but can you see from all these transitions, you know, starting at PwC or the transition to being inactive after an ACL injury? You know, can you see any blessings that have come from these transitions? I certainly can. So, so the other part of my story that was really tough is I, I finished my college season by going to USA Ultimate Nationals, which was a huge deal. And especially for my school, it was the first time we qualified as a school. So that happened. It was amazing. And then I was like, and now I'm going to go to club nationals, you know, like maybe in just a few months I tore my ACL. It took three years for me to get back to playing competitive ultimate again to actually make a team because I went through the two surgeries. And then another year, like the, the year that I finally was back playing, we should have made it, we should have qualified and we lost. Like uh, we were up eight six 
And then I think we lost 10-8. It was like a really windy game. So it was a low score. And it was like we just crumbled at the end. It was devastating. It was a horrible loss. And I was like, how could this happen? Like, I, I went on this tremendous journey to get here. Like, I, I don't know. It may sound like silly to you. But to go through two surgeries and all the physical therapy and the rehab and getting back up to just running, being able to cut, getting your conditioning up. Yeah. My sport is a lot of running, a lot of endurance, making it, like being in the qualifying game and losing. It was, uh, it was, I was so sad. Like I, I was crying as I drove myself home. I also was super lame. I had no one to drive home <laughs> from uh, Massachusetts back to Connecticut with. Like it was such a low point. And then the following year, we finally qualified. But so like that for me was years of like going through this challenge and this hardship and something that came so easy to me in college was taken away. And so it certainly was a growth in perseverance and my will and overcoming these new challenges and like putting my mind to something and be able to do it. Because on my second surgery, I was like, I am playing in six months. Like I can't do this whole year thing. And I was, I actually was running and playing at, at a little level. So I certainly grew as a person and yeah, I think, you know, I had taken for granted probably everything that I had, you know, my ability, just my athleticism, being able to walk. I mean, that was when I was on crutches that if you've ever been on crutches, maybe you felt that way, like what a gift it is to just be able to walk. Right. Mm. You know, so I think uh, a challenge like that for me, it puts things in perspective and it makes me grow and just be grateful, you know? Yeah. Hmm. I think I think that's going to make make a great Disney movie someday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> Could One be. Great yeah, maybe when Ultimate like, gets a little bigger, or maybe that would help. Like, exactly, exactly. Ultimate. The story of Lauren Doyle, scene. the true story. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, change can bring about great blessings. I, I'll tell you one one great blessing that came from this uh, experience of being in Rome. So because I was in Rome, I know a little bit of Italian. I would not say I'm fluent by any stretch of the imagination, but the Lord really put it on my heart about four years ago to run a pilgrimage, a youth pilgrimage to Rome. And um, so I ended up getting you know 13 kids and seven adults and we went over to Rome and had a really transformative 10 days over there in Rome and that never would have happened if I had not lived in Rome for a year right. 10 years earlier mm-hmm. you know and had that experience and kind of knew the streets and knew how to be a little bit of a tour guide in St. Peter's Basilica and things like that so that was a that was a great blessing that came from the yeah. hard challenge of being in Rome for me even though this season has been really tough that I can't I could never look back and say that I've had the most spiritual growth during the season out of any point in my life, for sure. And I mean, it was kind of apparent to me, but then people that I didn't see for months uh, while while we were quarantining and stuff, especially people from um, the other church, uh, from the Protestant church, um, they just, they saw me after a couple of months, just a couple of months. I mean, but this, this whole thing started during Lent and this has been I've said in a couple episodes, this has been the best, the best Lent season that I've had. And I can't, I can't wait for the next one. But the growth that the Lord, the things that the Lord did in my heart during that time, I just can't, I can't describe them. And uh, they were apparent to me, but when people start pointing them out and stuff like, then they become even more real. Um, So it's been a blessing overall. It's been tough. uh, And I think it's just more tough because it keeps dragging. It's like, it's like the cold weather in the Northeast that just drags. <laughs> I can endure it. Dallas. I can endure it. I don't. I don't mind twenty-eight degree weather. I I've, I got out of my house today and I was like, oh, okay, it's twenty-eight degrees. It's not that big of a deal. But 
when it comes to like May, June, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for it to be freaking warm, <laughs> you know? And that's where I'm at right now. It's like, this has been great. I mean, it's been great for me spiritually, but I'm I'm kind of ready to like get out of the desert, get out of this. So, but but you can see how God's been moving. Oh, for sure. And that's, for that's sure. key to see how God is moving through your transitions. Yeah. So when we come back from break, we're going to talk specifically about Javier's transition, you know, where he's going and what he's doing and how he's impacted our lives here in Stanford. Stay tuned. And welcome back to Restless. We've been talking about change and transition and how God kind of leads us on adventures. And I, I remember a quote from, I think it was G.K. Chesterton, who said that, adventure is only an inconvenience rightly considered i think that's kind of a great you know quote because anytime there's a transition in our life it's really god leading us on an incredible adventure you look at the people in the scriptures you know how he led abraham he would live in his entire life when he was 75 years old now moving about 600 miles to a land he'd never seen and said yeah i'm gonna give you this and kids and you know your name's gonna be a blessing and and he's like okay let's do this thing i'm sure that was a cost you know, because Abram's like, I'm leaving behind my family. I'm leaving behind the people I love and the, the town where I grew up. And, and God had better blessings for him on this crazy adventure. And Javier's leaving on a crazy adventure in a few days, heading down to Texas, where he's going to live out the rest of his days, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he's not dying. He's just just moving down there to take another job. <laughs> but what are your, what's your feeling? Well, first of all, I guess we should say, what, what brought you to Connecticut? How long have you lived here? My job, my job brought me to Connecticut, my company. Uh, I was down in Houston working in oil and gas and oil and gas went south back in 2004. And uh, I survived uh, until 2005. And in 2005, they they were going to let me go. I was literally less next in line to let me, they were going to let me go. And by the grace of God, and they called from New York, which is a completely different division in our company. Uh, one's oil and gas, the other one's infrastructure, and they they literally work like two separate companies. And but they called. I had worked very closely with my department head through organizations and stuff that I became a member of uh, through work. And um, she called me up and she said, "Hey, Javier, they're looking for a young engineer to move up to New York. Do you want to go?" And I said, "When do I leave?" And so I came up here, and I can't say that um, it was. <laughs> It was all spiritual and beautiful. I mean, it was it was very secular uh, the first like two or three years or so. But the Lord worked in my heart uh, tremendously. Um, he 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 had already given me everything I needed to really grow in my faith. It was really that's where it comes back to that choice, right? I mean, it, he he gave me everything that I needed. It was my choice to actually take it and use it and uh, uh, apply so, it. So why'd you pick Connecticut instead of New York to live? Yeah. That was that wasn't me. That was God that picked Connecticut. But um, I I started working there. I I did um, I was on business trip uh for like a month or so when I first moved up here, and my HR lady just introduced me to um a guy in the office who lived in Stanford, and she said, "You're a young adult. There's a lot of young adults in Stanford. I think you'd like it. It's only like twenty five thirty minute drive," and I would have never thought the whole all the blessings that the Lord had in store from just that decision. Had I not decided to move to Stanford, I would not be sitting here, you know? So, but the Lord led me here and little by little, he started leading me in different ways. And through meeting that guy, his realtor brought me to the apartment that I used to live at, 
when that guy moved out, another guy moved in, Alex Miram, you guys all know him. Mm-hmm. He was the one that invited me to Faith on Tap and through me going to Faith on Tap, you know, the rest, the rest is history. Is history. <laughs> yeah, as they say. Then he met Diane and Diane became friends. And we started a Bible study together and then, then it grew and I was still going to protestant church and i was just like i'm just i'm just here to bring the the bible to all this young adult catholics that's what i'm here for no that's not what the lord little did he know he would come back to the catholic church within the last couple and it was the weirdest thing it was like diane did did talk to me a lot about the faith but I, i i remember you father joe you i don't think there was ever a time that i ever remember you trying to lure me in or anything like that you in fact i remember bringing bringing you a book that I was reading and I was like, man, I love this book. It was, uh, it was about the Beatitudes. And I remember I was like, this is the only thing I don't like about it. It's like kind of talking badly about the Catholic church. And you're like, well, in this one point, I actually kind of agree with him. And that just blew my mind. Cause I was like, that would have been the perfect opportunity for you to say, yeah, that's wrong. That's all wrong. <laughs> you know, this Protestant guy is all wrong. And you were like, no, I'm sure this, I'm sure Dr. Martin Lloyd uh, Jones is, he's a, he's a great guy. I mean, that's a good point. In the interest of full disclosure, and I've never told you this, Javier, but I went home that night and wrote in my journal and said, Javier needs to make a decision as whether he's Catholic or Protestant. <laughs> I literally wrote that in my journal uh, <laughs> that night. Well, the Lord, the Lord answered your prayer and made a decision. <laughs> he did. He did. Um, and it actually took me a while. It wasn't until Sunday that I went to my last service at the other church that I actually told most people like, hey, I'm, I'm living now, so I can tell you, <laughs> I'm, I'm Catholic. It, it took me a while. I, did, I, just, I thought it was going to be super awkward, but the, the one guy that I told who I'm, I've actually heard not speak very well about the Catholic Church, he's like, he told me, he was like, it's not about denominations. You know, he said, it's really about your relationship with the Lord. If your relationship with the Lord is not right, it doesn't really matter where you go to church. And that blew my mind because I... I would have never in a million years thought that he was going to say it then. So Mm. I think he could really see, you know, my faith and stuff and how much had changed. And I think he realized that it didn't happen there. It started there, but it continued somewhere else. And he's been so amazed by it that now he's kind of realized like, oh, he's been going to Catholic church, you know, to the Catholic church. And so. And you've may, may have planted some seeds in their mind. Oh, I, I, I got in my car and I thought that I was like, I may have done that, you know, and I even told him, I was like, I think you guys would be great Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> you and your wife would be great Catholics. He's a young guy. He's, he's about 25 years old. He's, he's amazing. He's great. I mean, you, you can tell like both of them have, have had the Lord in their hearts for a very, very long time. I mean, they live very, very Christian lives, very, very Christian lives but I know that they're still missing stuff. And so we talked about NFE, we talked about a couple of things that other Christians don't do and stuff. And so I know that kind of made him think a little bit. Mm. And it was good, it was good. It was great. awesome. Yeah. So not only has God worked in your heart during your time here in Stanford, but through you, God has worked in a lot of other people's hearts. Like, you know, Diane and Lauren, how has uh, Javier impacted you during his time here? Well, I think like what Javier was talking about before, um, and just, Getting emotional. <laughs> they have a great friendship. They have a great friendship. Well, I can keep going. I really only got to know you, Javier, uh, through the podcast. So for us, it's only been five months or so, six. 
right? Like I, yeah, I knew you, but I didn't. We've seen each other a lot. Yeah, we saw we each other really a lot, but I, I've only known you these past couple months, and it's been a pleasure to be on here with you and learn more about you, hear your perspective. I was certainly interested to understand leaving, you know, and uh, what that's all about, because I just don't have any knowledge really on the the Protestant uh, faith and. That's something I struggle with too. I think like, oh, but these people should be in the Catholic faith. You know, God's truly present there. And I, I don't know, I kind of worry about people in that sense. But even just hearing you now, it's like, maybe I don't have to worry, you know, I don't know. So <laughs> it's uh, just, yeah, I, I like to hear that perspective. And it's been great to be on these episodes with you. Yeah, I would really liked what uh, what I heard on, you guys know his name, and I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't know who he is. He's big in the Catholic radio, but... Uh, He's got a beard. I don't know. Jimmy Aiken, probably. Yes. <laughs> probably. Yeah, he's got, it's got to be him. I don't know. He's got a huge beard. He's from Texas. Yeah. Wears a big 10-gallon hat. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's Jimmy they, Aiken. Somebody, some, a Protestant called in, and he was asking the question about, like, hey, can Protestants go to heaven? And he said something that really struck me personally, and I've said it in the podcast before. He said, if you know the truth of the Catholic Church and you willingly reject it, then that's I think where the Lord can have a problem with you. But he's like, I've met, I've met great Protestants that that have a deep, deep relationship with the Lord, and I I don't worry about their salvation. But if you know about the Catholic Church and you dis, you decide to reject it, then that's where I think the Lord would have a problem with you because the the Catholic Church is the one true church, and that just hit me like. <laughs> like a ton of rocks i was like oh man that's me i can't okay uh, father joe your your journal your journal entry has been uh, answered i am a catholic it's so true that you know especially in today's world where where we're facing secularism i think catholics and protestants got to stand together as brothers and sisters yes. you know because that faith in christ is what's going to push back that secularism and that that lack of god in the public sphere and i'm so impressed and just so moved when i see protestants who are on fire with love for jesus yeah, it's just it, it's amazing to me. I, I think that's it. one of the biggest things that Javi taught me too, because we had our fair share of arguments <laughs> um, yeah. at the beginning, just kind of going back and forth. But like, you know, Javi was he so all talking about like relationship with the Lord, like rela- relationship with the Lord, and I was like, Javi, like I get it, but I didn't. I don't think I got it. Um, and I think that like you really taught. <laughs> and that's awesome. That's awesome. So Javier, what are your feelings about uh, moving on? Honestly, when I saw the the, the question uh, about what's the most difficult change in your life, uh, I think this will this will be my next most difficult change in my life. And the life life here has been amazing for me. There's there's been so many ups and downs. I I feel like I I feel like I've been in the in the whale's uh, stomach a lot. I, I've hit rock bottom a lot. And the Lord has worked through that a lot here. And I, I have family here. You guys are my family. Like, there's no doubt about that. I, I The connection that the two Christians can, can, can have is just something that you can't even explain. I mean, you automatically become like brothers and sisters and stuff. And uh, it's amazing. And um, that's what I love about Javier is, is he always greets you with, hey, brother. <laughs> How you doing, brother? It's kind of it's I'm like that's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. It's kind of weird to say, "Hey, sister," but sometimes I do it. So, I I always try to like unless you have a name like Lauren. Lauren, I've I've tried to like shorten your name and stuff. But I don't know. Oh, people, it's LD. 
That's LD. My, yeah, that's my yeah. nickname. Lauren I always try to like, and then the same thing with Diane. Like, I was, I, when when we started getting closer, I was like, uh, 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 what do I call you? Because Diane, so I ended up calling her D. Because I was like, I, I got to give you a nickname. And she was like, well, I don't really have too many nicknames and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, then I'll just make one up. And uh, <laughs> Well, Diane's initials are DK for Kremheller, but that would also be Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> so you may not want to go with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's it's going to be a, an incredible, uh, an incredibly different, uh, difficult transition. I think it's Connecticut has something that I, I can't even explain. The religious freedom here, even though we live in a very secular state uh, and a very liberal state, I still think that the the religious freedom here is just beautiful. I mean, like, if I, I think about like getting married up here, like I could pick the church, I could pick the priests plural i could pick would be the, a lot i could pick the mcs <laughs> i could pick i could i could pick all the altar servers i mean it, it's just amazing and i i literally could you know i know that speaking speaking to you i mean you said like well i mean it's just however long the marriage prep takes and then you just pick a date and that's not the case in just about any anywhere else i'm gonna go and so it's like all this religion freedom all this religious freedom that i have up here plus like the people I know, plus the organizations I'm in, that's going to be really tough to build again. But I have blind faith. And I know that the Lord, if the Lord is bringing me to Texas, he's going to open those doors one way or another. So, Amen. He will. He has got great things in store for you. And whatever so, doesn't get opened up there, it's still going to be open here. So That's right. You're always welcome always to come back. back. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, we've run out of time, but thanks so much for joining us. You know, all of us go through transitions in our everyday life, whatever they are, big, small. Focus on what God is doing through the transitions. Transitions and change can be tough, but God always has something in store for you, some way for you to grow, some blessing to shower upon you. And we especially ask God's blessing upon Javier as he goes on his next blessing. Thanks for joining us on uh, Veritas Catholic Radio, 1350 AM, and wherever you find your podcasts. Tune in next time. Tune in next time.